Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today on this President's Day. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And uh, as promised before the break, uh, I wanted to share with you some of my conversation with former National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster. And he has uh, just some fascinating things. I've had two conversations with him uh, over the course of the the last month. Uh, One, of course, was with our uh, friends at World Trade Center Utah. Uh, They did an event uh, that I helped to moderate uh, with Miles Hansen, CEO over there, uh, talking about Utah's uh, strategic place in the world. And so that was a a fascinating discussion. Uh, And then I also interviewed uh, Lieutenant General McMaster uh, for my Therefore What podcast. And I want to share a couple of things from that. Uh, because especially on a day like today, uh, where I think uh, it's easy to be caught up in our narcissism and our point of view, uh, it is a, a good opportunity to look outside and uh, get to empathy. And it was so interesting to me that uh, Lieutenant General McMaster explained all of this in terms of our foreign policy by talking about the difference between strategic narcissism and strategic empathy. Those are not uh, words normally associated with foreign policy or military strategy. Uh, but here is H.R. Uh, McMaster explaining what strategic empathy really is. The concept of strategic narcissism that I introduce in Battlegrounds is meant to communicate our tendency to view the world only in relation to us and then to assume that what the United States does is decisive to achieving a favorable outcome. And this is a problem. It's a problem not only because it's self-referential, but also because it doesn't consider the agency, the Mm. influence, the authorship over the future that the other has. And so this narcissistic view often results in folly based on cognitive traps that we fall into. We mirror image the other. We engage in wishful thinking and, and are subjected to confirmation bias. So... The argument for strategic empathy, not to be confused with sympathy, right? Empathy is really viewing these complex challenges and the opportunities we're facing as well from the perspective of the other and especially uh, rivals and adversaries and and enemies. Uh, So it's so interesting that, uh, again, the country has been so focused on our own actions alone will drive everyone else's behavior uh, and so being able to to look at it and say, okay, they're going to have their own self-interest in mind. They're going to have their own citizens who are going to have self-interest in mind. Uh, and understanding that uh, we aren't the center of the universe and that others have their own free will, their own agency uh, to make decisions uh, really changes the way you approach something like national security. I asked him to uh, apply that. And uh, Lieutenant uh, General McMaster uh, chose China as an example in terms of how we could apply it. I think the way that it impacts the way you make decisions is that it, 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 strategic empathy allows you to identify and then subject to scrutiny the assumptions on which your decisions and your policies and strategies uh, are, are based. And, and when we don't consider the agency of the other, we tend to allow implicit assumptions to underpin what we're doing. Mm. And those implicit assumptions, because they're implicit, they go unchallenged. So, for example, 
with China for far, far too long. We assumed that China, having been welcomed into the international order, would play by the rules. And as China prospered, it would liberalize and its economy and liberalize its form of governance. But we weren't empathetic enough. We didn't view China's actions and strategies from their own perspective, and especially the emotions, the aspirations, and the ideology that drives the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, so one of the things that I learned in my conversations uh, with Lieutenant General McMaster, former National Security Advisor, uh, I didn't realize until uh, we had gotten deep into our conversation that uh, he has a, a Ph.D. in American history. And uh, I should I should have known that with all of his uh, his references. And so we had a chance to talk about that. Uh, I love to use history as a, a way to get context, uh, a way to get perspective and a way to learn critical lessons that can help us solve today's issues and prepare for the future. Uh, here's what the General McMaster had to say about looking at history and what it requires to actually learn from history. I think the study of history is an exercise in humility, right? Because what, what, what that allows you to understand is you're not the first uh, to encounter the problems you're encountering as a leader. You can learn from the experiences of others and apply them. You can learn really what, what's been effective and what's from what's been, especially maybe what's been ineffective uh, in, in examples of, of leadership. I think, I think studying effective leaders and how they've overcome, you know, daunting problems and, and circumstances is really leaders who were selfless, who understood this. It wasn't about them. It was about the mission. It was about those in their charge. They understood you know, what their base motivation was, and it was a base motivation of service rather than self-aggrandizement. Uh, so that, that is one of my favorite lines of the month, uh, is that in order to get to history and the lessons of history, it is an exercise in humility. Uh, that is such a strong thing. Uh, to recognize that uh, you aren't the first one to encounter a lot of the problems that we're uh, dealing with. Uh, we're not the first to deal with a pandemic. We're not the first to deal with an impeachment of a president. We're not the first to uh, deal with uh, all kinds of different things in terms of our economy and jobs and, and uh, community unrest. Uh, history is filled with those. And so it does require us to be a little bit humble and say, okay, what, what can we learn uh, from others uh, in this context? Uh, finally, I rounded out my conversation with uh, Lieutenant General McMaster uh, talking about some of the leadership principles he had learned from his time in the military, uh, his work uh, at the Military Academy. Uh, and, of course, now he is at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. Uh, here's what he had to say. And so I, I think that what we can learn from today, especially as we face this kind of quadruple crisis, right, of, of a pandemic, of a recession associated with the pandemic, the, the social divisions laid bare and the related concerns of inequality of opportunity and unequal treatment under the law, and then this, this horrible partisan political season that we're still in, culminating on the assault on the Capitol on January 6th. Okay, enough, right? What we need is we need leaders to step forward, leaders who, who are, are good at, at, at communicating to, to all Americans what we have in common and to reinforce our confidence, rebuild our confidence in our common identity as Americans. And so, you know, I, I argue in the book for strategic empathy, you know, oriented really on problems associated with foreign policy and national security. But I think we have to be careful not to lose our ability to empathize with one another. Mm. And I think it's going to take leadership to break this destructive interaction that we see these days between, you know, identity politics. Our, our founders realized that our republic would require constant nurturing, 
And we can do this if we do it together and if we and, and if we, we we're all determined, right? No matter what political background you are, what social background you are, what religion you are, what skin color you are. I mean, it shouldn't matter, right? We, what we all want is a, is a better future for generations to come. So, again, that's my uh, conversation with Lieutenant General H.R. McMaster, former National Security Advisor. And I, I do think there are some vital lessons for us there uh, as we look at where we are in the world. And it, it does uh, take a kind of humility. History is an exercise in humility, studying it, learning from it, uh, gaining from it. We're going to break that down a little bit when we get uh, to the end of the hour at 11.50 We'll talk about uh, some of our past presidents, uh, some of the important lessons that uh, George Washington, our first president, uh, gave us as he left office in his farewell address. There's some very fascinating things that we often don't talk about. Again, from history, it might require us to have a little humility to actually learn the lesson. We're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour break. When we come back, Maya Jaredat will join us. We'll be talking about faith as a dimension of diversity in business. Find out what that means coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.